Hey everyone, it's Jacob from 12 Years in the Future, here to tell you all about that time we woke up in a podcast and had to explain manga, our heated adventures over analyzing manga we find interesting, otherwise known as the Over Manga Cast. Ah, the good old days. Anyway, this week in the original timeline, we read Tokyo Revengers by Ken Wakui. We're really determined to make this a good episode, so sit back and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, my name is Sam, and welcome back to the Overmonica cast. As always, here at the top of the program, we talk about what our familiarity with the uh, property we read this week is. Um... I seem to remember seeing Tokyo Revengers floating around, probably when the anime was coming out uh, as a uh, as something that was in the zeitgeist, but not anything I paid too much attention to, which is probably why the premise caught me off guard in like chapter one. Uh, Matt, how about you? Um, so I had heard of Tokyo Revengers because um, I unfortunately have to be on Twitter. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I, I knew enough about it going into here. Um, other than them being delinquents who fight though, not much. Uh, Jay, how about you? So, uh, no, um, formal familiarity with Tokyo Revengers. I'm pretty sure I've seen it on social media feeds, but given that I am not typically into like fighting or sports anime, probably just overlooked it. <laughs> and Jacob. Uh honestly pretty similar to you Sam where I I I knew the title. Um I didn't really know anything about the premise. Uh I knew it existed but I didn't really have a knowledge base in the series itself even onto the premise. Like I didn't know it was about delinquents, <laughs> let alone time traveling delinquents. <laughs> yeah, it it gets weird in a good way really really fast. <laughs> uh it yes. reminds me of um I just mentioned this in passing now. It reminds me of that um uh the one anime uh, Erased that came out a couple yeah. of years ago. Uh Yeah, I remember that. I watched it. It was pretty nice. Similar vibes except this is more like delinquents that punch each other as opposed to Erased which was more like small children in imminent mortal peril. Mm, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, we start off uh, this manga as it seems we start off so many, an absolute pathetic loser. Yeah, that is really common. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like, I don't know, this is a thought that most delinquents, or not delinquents, most youth go through. And basically to see that you are not alone. Everyone feels like you a loser at this age. It's normal. I yes. mean... My dude is a 25-year-old guy who's never done anything with his life since middle school, so maybe, maybe it's speaking to a different category of person. Or maybe you were just exceptional, Matt, as we already know you are. <laughs> I, I, I think doing anything in high school is really such a low bar. <laughs> I, I'm fine saying I guess that makes me exceptional. <laughs> our, boy, our, our boy Hanagaki, he is... He is a particularly sopping wet, pathetic wet cat of a person. He is spineless. He is slovenly. Uh, he responds to basically everything with "I'm sorry." Yeah, I, I, I will say, I will say, there are there were a lot of moments where I see this character at it at the depths of uh, pitiableness, and I'm like, 
yeah, buddy, mood. I know how that feels. No, I don't. I am nowhere near this bad. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is fiction. It's hyperbolized. This is not me. Yeah, I was gonna say this is such a hyper uh, a hyperbolic level of just boy. Because because really, uh, well, we really learn uh, how pathetic his life is after uh, page one, where he receives via newscast. Uh, the information that in a uh, recent gang dispute, uh, one Tachibana Hinata uh, was killed. And uh, that rings a bell for our main character because uh, she was his one and only girlfriend that he had in middle school. Yeah, and uh, specifically, and this will be important for later, uh, he hears um, uh, the name Tachibana Originally for uh, Tachibana Naoto. Yeah, uh, for Naoto. Uh, and it, and also it, killed. It triggers his memory. Huh, Tachibana, that's the same name as my middle school and also only girlfriend. And also his older sister, Hinata Tachibana. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, my day just got worse. Somehow, my life has become even more pathetic by like the transitive property. Oh, but, yeah, there, there's a lot to unpack with the lack of relationship he has with uh, Hinata by the time the story starts. Yeah. Uh, so we have our disaffected main character. Uh, the most like life we get out of him is when he keys a fancy car. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Die, rich people. <laughs> just scratches a just scratches a coin across it as he's walking by. Wondering where everything ha- where everything went wrong. It's like, I guess middle school was kind of the last time I had anything going on in my life. It's, it's when we when we see that middle school life, it's sort of interesting that he has that perspective, but we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. He romanticizes the past very heavily. Yes, man's romanticizes the past so much. And he is uh, thinking, yeah, nah, my life's pretty short. <laughs> And is then shoved onto the train tracks as the subway is coming right at his face. And it was this point I'm just like, God damn it, did they trick me into reading an isekai? God <laughs> damn it, they did. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. I guess. It's kind of an isekai. Yeah. It's got it, some spice a, to it. It's the same time loop, though. Is going into the past isekai? Technically, but I don't think so. I'm sure it is technically. Definitionally, yes. In spirit, no. I think it's fair to say. Because it follows the same train of thought that if you... Well, I mean, this is one of the thoughts that popped into my head immediately when I realized that it was time-related. Is like, oh no, is it the whole butterfly effect thing where if you nope. do some... Yeah, it, 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 it is, but it also isn't. Because it, honestly, I don't think we've... This thing has like... 200 plus chapters. We'll see how uh, butterfly effecty it gets. We read all of 12 chapters in, so. Yeah, and as as the train is about to hit him, he thinks about Hinata and his middle school days and how those really were his heyday. And it's like, yeah, dude, that's uh, pretty lame. Yep. And then the uh, the flashback gets longer and uh, less flashbacky, and he's really, really fucking confused. As he... Uh, comes to his senses on a train as a punk bleach blonde middle schooler with his punk, with a mohawk, with a mohawk and his punk middle school friends. <laughs> and I love the like rundown of his uh, <laughs> of his 
childhood gang because they're all such freaking losers. <laughs> Literally, the first guy we get introduced to <laughs> is described as the guy who's always jerking it. <laughs> yes. I mean, they're middle school guys. Yeah. I, like, look, I, I was a middle school guy once upon a time, too. I, I, and you it, didn't know anyone in your class who was known as that guy. Anyone. Look, maybe I just hung out with a with a different crowd. <laughs> <laughs> look, every middle school crowd had one. And if you don't know who it was, it was probably you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> but yeah th this is the point where uh, through the vehicle of the main character the, the story itself points out the fact that uh, yeah, this is my heyday uh, that's pathetic these, <laughs> these guys and myself are all complete losers just a bunch of dorks also, I also love how this little through line develops because uh, you know only 12 chapters in but I, I, I think I'm uh, I think I'm sniffing out a theme going on here. He's quite disappointed with this uh, extended flashback. It takes him a while to realize where he's going and what they're doing at the time. Because uh, we also learned something else about uh, Hanagaki's, air quotes, heyday. Because uh, he and his group of punk friends have decided that there is beef between uh, their middle school and uh, the Shibuya middle school. And they're going to go beat up some guys about it. <laughs> Damn right. Uh, they're, they're second years. They're going to beat up the second years from Shibuya. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but wait, won't the third years just like get in the way and beat us up? And this is a bad idea. No, don't worry. Hanagaki said his cousin is like the second in command for the gang of uh, <laughs> third years. We'll be totally fine. They're going to leave us alone. Which... Just takes me back because it's just like this extrapolation is just totally. I think your brother was a whiz at pulling your leg, Eddie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, of course, he's not going to tell you, you know, what he actually does. You, he wants you. To, he wants to feel like a hero in your eyes. So obviously he's going to say, I'm this great person. I'm never going to let anything bad happen to you. Turns out uh, putting it nicely, he's a toady. Yeah. Because uh, they wander all around Shibuya and they're only able to find uh, first years. And it's like, where are all the damn second years? And a whole bunch of third years. <laughs> These guys are in middle school. The casting of a live action movie where they have a bunch of obviously 25 year olds playing children. Mm -hmm. They look like Jojo's characters. Oh, my God, they do. They look <laughs> exactly like Jojo's characters. Similar time period, isn't it? 80s oh yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah uh, yes. like with a time skip yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> the aesthetic the aesthetic of this manga is uh the time period oh, no. in which jojo's wait, wait no out. oh no no, no it isn't holy because... crap it's 12 years from the present that's and, 2005 and the, yeah and the present is 2017 so these are a bunch of jojo's looking ass punks who are third year middle in 2005 in 2005 yeah i forgot about that because they <laughs> they explicitly call out the year multiple times yeah but uh, it is that like, aesthetic though it is that aesthetic Ooh, a flip phone how retro <laughs> <laughs> but it's like i yes, want sir. a flip phone i hate my dumb pocket robot 
Yes, Jake, you're an old man. We get it. <laughs> no, they actually do make flip phones, like specifically for people who are nostalgic for them. It's kind of cool. It's like, yeah, all the second years went on a field trip. So uh, we're going to kick the shit out of you now. Line up <laughs> one by one. Uh, yeah, well, we're tight with uh, Masarukun. He's your leader. He's, our, our boy here is his cousin. At which point, one of the punks uh, busts a gut laughing and tells Masaru to uh, go get them go get them some juice and I'll i think get... he knees him in the gut first and then tells him that yeah it's like i i don't really have any money oh yeah well i'll give you 100 yen for each punch in the mouth anyway i'll just go do that now <laughs> it's like oh yeah my my cousin was actually fibbing because he wanted to look tough to me and then we got the shit kicked out of us at which point and... they proceed to get the shit kicked out of them and they are forcibly recruited into the Tokyo Majin gang as uh, basically slave soldiers. Yeah, which uh, is, that was which his is, heyday. It's a weird thing to reminisce about and completely forget. Oh, right. Day in and day out, I was treated like garbage to the point that I never tried to achieve anything ever again. Yes. I, I ran away from home and just went to a different part of the city and uh, started a new life as a complete, uh, as a spineless loser. Well, this is actually can play into the part that, you know, Japan and therapy and, you know, confronting your trauma head on is, oh, this makes so much sense. <laughs> I get the, it's I almost get the, as if this is a societal problem. <laughs> I get I get the feeling homie did a lot of repressing. Also probably has a lot of brain damage. Yes, well, quite also that too. It is it is very much the case where I, there's no particular place where this becomes overtly apparent, so I might as well just say it here where it comes up first. Kind of makes me wonder how in in the original timeline Hanagaki and uh Hinata's relationship ended cuz like he acts like she like dumped him when they oh. got out of middle school, but like 100 percent left without telling her yeah 100 yeah. he just ghosted her mm -hmm. which like it kind of brings up a lot of questions about what their relationship you know would have been under different circumstances yeah because i mean first and foremost when he you know runs into her again she's all over like concerned and asking like what happened like at first, I almost thought she was like an older sister, like quite honestly. And then she's like, no, I'm your girlfriend and I care about you and I want to know what's what's going on. You need to stop getting into fights. And in the infamous words of our sister podcast, Por que no los dos? Oh, my God. <sighs> anyway. Sister podcast, I hate. <laughs> you see, because it's. Yes. Yes, oh, yes, we get it, yes, Matt. Yes, we get it, Matt. <laughs> but. um. In seeing Hinata again, uh, he begins uh, crying as nostalgic emotions wash over him. And he has to w uh, walk away coolly like, I just wanted to see you one more time. Because he's still acting like this is a flashback. Yeah, he <laughs> so, hasn't realized what's going on yet. So he, he's trying to act like Mr. Cool Guy, like, I just wanted to see you one more time before I died. I guess this was God's one gift to me. <laughs> Uh, and then he uh, he sits on the repression metaphor in the park. <laughs> he sits on the swing, you know, the one. The the arrested development metaphor. Mm hmm. Uh, and sees a uh, 
sees a random kid getting uh, bullied by some thugs. And he's like, hey, I'm trying to have an emotional moment over here. Shut the hell up. He almost literally says that as he one shots the guy, which, again, it's one of those ones where, like, he could just do that. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. he's not a loser. (laughs) He's choosing to be a loser because of what happened to him. Yeah, it, it, it. It's not like he's incapable of standing up for himself. He's just spineless. Yeah, like, he I'm just, just chooses a, not to. I'm just I mean, saying, if you really think about it, I could probably beat up five middle schoolers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's also a middle schooler technically at this point, but <laughs> and he decides to go completely hard ass, grab a bottle out of a recycling bin, uh, break it and be like, get the hell out of here before I kill you. <laughs> He looks and acts like some of the characters that we meet later, which I don't think is done unintentionally. Uh, He saved uh, that other kid and uh, they chat for a bit and he learns that uh, this kid is uh, Tachibana Noto, the younger brother of Hinata and also uh, one of the ones who will die precisely 12 years from now. There is also a fun moment where he basically... He basically gives the advice that would have made his life so much better to this kid. And it's honestly not bad at like, it's one of those ones where it's like, you have to be careful with the context in which you use this advice. But basically what he says is you have to be uh, willing and able to let yourself get hit in the face, but don't back down to people like that because most of them are cowards who will never actually do anything. They're only pushing you around because they think that you won't, respond if you uh if you earnestly are like fine let's fight because i'm not gonna let you push me around the vast majority of them will leave you alone Mm -hmm. you know and again it's one of those ones where it's like context is really important to that advice but in a lot of cases yeah if you just stand up to people they won't pick on you yeah most bullies are cowards well actually all bullies are cowards it's just how willing they are to express it also, if you're 12, you could probably get away with murdering someone. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to have any case on you. This uh, is bad advice, please. The podcast is not liable for any actions you or anyone around you. The Overmanga cast does not condone this message again. <laughs> the Overmanga cast are not lawyers and cannot give you legal advice. But. Mm-hmm. But. If I had to wager. <laughs> Go down to Home Depot and purchase a cinder block and then destroy the receipt. (laughs) Uh, If you're 12 and can't go to Home Depot, a big rock. That'll do. (laughs) Those are free. (laughs) Look, look, we're already time traveling enough. We don't need to uh, call back that hard to a previous joke. Um, But yes, our boy uh, tells no. So. Hey, look, you're probably just a hallucination, so I'm just going to play it straight with you, kid. 12 years from now, you and your sister are going to die on July 4th in uh, the year 2017. So uh, keep that in mind. Protect your sister. You're probably just a hallucination and can't actually do that, but I'm counting on you, man. I'm counting on you because uh, she's the person I care about most in the world. And uh, they shake on that deal, and he wakes up back in the future completely fine in a medical office. Even more surprising, uh, Naoto Tachibana is there to greet him uh, alive, alive and uh, not run over by a by a truck. Mm hmm. Yep. Given what we learn about how this time jump power works, 
and the circumstances that saved our boy's life. The time loop doesn't make sense, and I'm beginning to get angry thinking about it. No, 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 no. Somebody, okay, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume that the series is good. Somebody's lying about how the time jump works, and not for nothing. This is going ahead a little bit. But I think Hinata's in on the whole time manipulation shenanigans, given some of the things that she says later. There is definitely more to the time loop than has been told to us. Okay, I'll continue to be charitable. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not, because that means the main character is a fucking moron, because this guy just comes out. So like, hey, when I shook your hand back in the past, I intrinsically knew the adult soul left your body. And this is also how your time jump power works. <laughs> yeah that's a little that's something <laughs> i mean i mean the yeah. main character is explicitly like well it's another one where it's like he thinks he's an idiot so he doesn't really put the put the brain power into it but he like he's kind of he's not trying to figure it out <laughs> he's not super quick on the uptake but like he's not i don't know <laughs> my, my boy had trouble with um middle school homework so maybe maybe he is as an adult <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah man taking finals again sure was nostalgic even if it was hard <laughs> it's like what do you mean nostalgic uh I, yeah <laughs> we I, had nothing. them we had them this afternoon <laughs> you heard nothing <laughs> but yeah no literally uh nato is just like yeah when i shook your hand in the past i intrinsically felt your adult soul leave your body that was kind of weird out of left field to his credit, the next time he talks about the time jump, he does seem to backtrack that. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I have a feeling that the second version of what he tells is a lot more true. Um, I mean, it could be early installment weirdness, but I would rather read charitably until proven otherwise. And we've there's so much more of this story to go. I also the added caveat that he does admit later that part of the reason why he was so prone to these kind of qu quick jump to belief of this was because he was was in into the occult at the into time. the occult so maybe something yeah. to that effect he probably picked up and read along the way uh, and he also like, does warn him don't try and tell hinata or tell anyone else you're a time traveler because if they don't believe you and you mess this up we can't you because their entire plan is you're going to go infiltrate the tokyo manji to stop yeah the event from happening because we can't just what we find out is that his time travel power is probably works like this. He gets sent exactly 12 years into the past on the exact day. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, good job, Mangaka. You avoided a whole bag of worms by not sending him 16 years ago into the past. <laughs> yep. Because then there's only one moral decision he could do. And that's calling New York immediately. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no now look i know you don't believe me because i'm a random japanese uh like elementary schooler at that point but you have to defend the twin <laughs> you can't <laughs> there's three planes <laughs> uh, someone a, needs to write that movie who am i who am i kidding he doesn't care he would let those planes hit the yeah. tower oh my god he's, uh, a, he's a bit of a schlub yeah. But yes, uh, th this extremely specific power of whenever he shakes hands with uh, Tachibana Naoto, he time leaps mentally 12 years precisely into the past, taking over the body of himself from back then. 
Mm-hmm. And and we figure this out because there's a point later where Hinata is like, oh, Hanagaki, you've you're acting differently. You're doing that that now recognizable pattern of suddenly becoming a much more mature and kind of gentle person rather than, you know, the punk middle schooler I know. You've got a whole it's almost like you've got a whole new personality. It's like eh, it's almost like I got 12 more years experience or something. <laughs> That's Did I did I mention I have a thing for older men? <laughs> this is becoming problematic oh really God. quickly. <laughs> so my interpretation of this whole scene was just like, almost like a validation of guys take longer to grow up. <laughs> <laughs> she I mean, seems yes. so much older and mature to him now. And he's like, wow, she really does care for me. That is obvious to me now. Oh, you seem older because, you know, you seem to have your crap together and are like emotionally like intuitive. Are you older? Hey. <laughs> so I just had to like that. That was yeah. the female side of me that just kind of chuckled. I'm just like, yes, it is true. <laughs> <laughs> Despite the changes he made to save, uh, to alter the future and save Noto's life, Hinata is still dead in the same incident. Naoto is unable to save her. Uh, so Naoto, now that uh, uh, Hanagaki is back, is like, okay, I can send you back again. You just have to shake my hand. I'll send you back again. And your mission is to uh, stop the leader of... Yeah, stop the two leaders from meeting. And he leaves it at that with Hanagaki not picking up the obvious subtext there. <laughs> he gives him two names. It's like, these are your targets. You need to make sure they don't meet. Considering their first meeting was him threatening to murder a bunch of kids, I can really understand why he why thought Hanagaki that was... Yeah, yeah, no, I wouldn't have done that either. I'd, I'd be on uh, Hanagaki's level there. Although, you know, more questions about time travel because, God... Uh, time loop plots just kill me the, this it, oh the next time he comes back we'll talk about it because that makes no sense to me but at any point in the past 12 years why didn't Noto try to seek him out again well maybe he did but because the thing is the the hanagaki that's in the body is clearly a dickbag little middle schooler kid who doesn't care true, yeah true they need the brain mm. I'm, I'm just i'm just saying Horny middle school boy got some game. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get, we'll get there. there. Oh my god. Because uh, it's like, okay, so your plan, uh, you're going to go back and make sure that the two heads of the gang do not meet. You need to make sure that Sano Manjiru uh, and Kisaki Teta do not, uh, do not ally together and create the Tokyo Majin gang as it is in its current form which we learn is an extremely hideous organization. Hideous? Or do you mean like atrocious? I, I, I'm, tr- I'm treating them as synonymous, yes. Because they hold extreme power uh, and they are affiliated with basically every crime you can think of. So basically a hyperbole of like what people think of gang activity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They, they they just they just inflict violence for its own sake. They're not running a business. They're running a cruelty operation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go and uh, it's like, OK, this is our plan. We're going to go into the past. Shake my hand. It's like, OK, shake hands, teleport into the past. Kaki <laughs> finds himself in a fighting ring. <laughs> Fists <laughs> up, ready to ready to go. It's like, 
Huh? Where am I? Where? What's all these screaming guys? Oh, she's got a fight punch! And he gets one shot. Immediately KO'd. Like, how, how violent was this kid back in the day? Super violent. I'm surprised he survived, like, literally. They're, like, getting hit with walls. Consistently. And, and, and baseball bats. Uh, baseball yeah. bats are a common tool in this manga. Wait, yeah. Did, did you guys not fight in middle school? I did not, no. Oh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> did not do that. We, we had a fighting ring outside of the <laughs> recess, like... Do tell. Up against the back of the school, and there was like a brick wall. Huh. Huh. That, okay. that kind of explains some things. Okay. Yeah, no. Huh. Okay. I, I guess you guys <laughs> lived in nicer areas than I did. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the school Jake and I went to probably, probably did have that, but we're just lame nerds, so we didn't get involved. We didn't get invited. <laughs> I, I'm rethinking my entire middle school experience. <laughs> I... Matt, you need to go. You need to go into the past and relive it. <laughs> You're right. With my knowledge now, I could clean house on that fighting ring. <laughs> like <laughs> as I said earlier, I could probably beat up five middle schoolers. <laughs> Just become a demon. Yep. Oh. Man, I could pick up on all those hints I just didn't notice from girls. <laughs> like, <laughs> dang. Damn. Middle school me was dumb. <laughs> I think that's true for most people's middle school version, if not everyone's. <laughs> As seen with uh, Hanagaki. Uh, so anyway, he wakes up. Yeah, he wakes up after getting clobbered. Uh, and then he gets clobbered again because uh, he, he lost the fight in one punch and a bunch of people lost money on him. He lost the fight. Clearly, he's not tough enough. Let's kick the shit out of him to make him stronger. Just, apparently, this is just Dragon Ball. <laughs> Hanagaki is actually a Saiyan. Man, man, if he was and he got Zenkai boosts, then I don't know why he isn't currently ruling Tokyo just as a warlord. <laughs> Mans gets clobbered. Well, because he lost once and then gave up fighting. Yeah. He'll it's never like become a Super Saiyan that way. Like if Go Goku got his brain damage and then was just like, you know, I'm not going to fight anything ever again. <laughs> Boy, the that end. would be a really short story. Mm -hmm. The end. Instead, he's just he's just got the genetic niceness of his father that was passed down and is now canon or whatever Dragon Ball super retconned into the story to make it worse. Anyway, he's like, hey, guys, yeah, real sorry about losing that fight. But, you know, uh, we're all part of. Uh, Tokyo Imagine, aren't we? So I, I actually, you know, I'd like to meet with one of the leaders like Sano and OK, give me my bat. Don't you ever uh, put his name in your uh, dirty mouth ever again, you loser. And then he's brutalized with a baseball bat. Not that way. What? To the point where <laughs> to the point where the main guy's uh, minions are like, uh, boss, you're going to kill him. You literally need to stop now. Uh, in case you couldn't tell, these are bad people. <laughs> Very much so. He then goes to lick his wounds to goes to Hinata's house. Mm -hmm. um, I, which really brings into how much Hinata cares because boy, does she go, Hey, were you fighting again? And this boy has been beat to half an inch within his life. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Guys don't get it. You know, I'm, I'm taking karate lessons. If I were a guy like you, I could be super strong and kick the, and kick the crap out of the guys that did this to you. I, I I really love Hinata because like she's very overtly trying to shelter his ego because she's she's obviously earnestly offering, but she doesn't mm -hmm. want to emasculate him. The Hanagaki that she knows 
is a little middle schooler who would almost surely take an earnest offer like that as an insult. Mm hmm. Yeah, you can't let people help you. That makes you a wuss. So like she's yeah. she's couching it in in a in a what if to protect his ego, which is the kind of like maturity and attentiveness that sort of becomes a defining characteristic of hers. Yeah, which uh, will come up in a later scene uh, near the end of our reading. So uh, remember that bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. And rather than acting like the brash youth that she knows, he's like, you know what? I really appreciate that sentiment. I should become strong, too, so that I can help keep you safe. Right, Hina? And it's like, oh, wait, I just called you by a very familiar nickname. I, I'm sorry that was awkward. No, oh, I'm totally into it. She's so happy. Like, She's so, it's it's so cute. It's adorable. I love it. I love them. They're great. Uh, but the next day at school, uh, Hanagaki finds out that uh, one of his friends is uh, next up in the uh, in the, in the fight fighting. pit, mm -hmm. and it is it is the weakest of his already scrawny gang of uh, of lickspittle losers. <laughs> Hanagaki volunteers as tribute right before the fight's about to start. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, even worse, though, it's not even like I'll take his place. It's, hey, you want to try something that isn't boring and stupid like these fights? How about King V Slave? Yeah, you, boss Kiyomasa, I'm going to fight you personally. Ta Takamichi, why? <laughs> why? Why would you do that? Because he is determined that with this second opportunity at life, he is going to try to become a stronger person. Oh, I, I thought he was and just trying to do the any percent speed run of his isekai journey, because that's what, <laughs> there is no reason this plan should have worked. That's very nearly what happens. Yeah, because like he's got the determined grin on his face, you know, let's have a one on one. And the narration is like, if I don't change, then nothing else can change either. How can I expect to change fate and save Hinata's life if I just keep being a little pissant? Uh, and then uh, he gets beaten for an entire chapter. <laughs> Literally just a whole chapter of getting the absolute piss whacked out of him. Oh, yeah. and uh, this and was this was the point where uh, I I officially uh, came to absolutely freaking adore Hanagaki. Uh, give me a Determinator protagonist, and I am immediately sold. God, I love this. Yeah, he, he pulls the Captain America. He keeps getting up like, I can do this all day. <laughs> I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> <laughs> it gets to the point where, uh, like, his, like, at first his friends are like, you've proven your point! Stay down! You're gonna die! And then eventually, the crowd who was egging this on all shut up because uh -huh. they are both terrified of, of the boss beating the hell out of this kid as badly as he is. And also, they are in awe of the, de the determination of Hanagaki. Well, so even, they don't know how to react. Even worse than that, though, the audience starts to turn on the boss because they're like, hey, this is kind of messed up. Like... Yeah, because because uh, Hanagaki gives a damn fine Determinator speech of I will never give up. I will never stop. Oh, I fucking loved that. And mm -hmm. uh, at that point, the boss turns to the crowd and is like, get me my bat. And that's when they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Uh, we're just not, you know, here for just blatantly murdering people in cold blood. Like, did, that's did you just ask fun. for a bat to beat up a first year? <laughs> This was supposed you know, to be a 1v1 fight. Like, what? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Was, yeah. Um, but anyway, 
as you were saying, Matt. Yeah, I he, wasn't. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, he 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 was about to any percent speed run the isekai journey until. Uh, I mean, this is kind of an isekai because then suddenly the a ridiculous circumstance that saves him happens. Yeah, I do like that the the crowd turns against Kiyomasa in this moment. Like even his cronies are just like, "We're not going to do that, <laughs> dude. Why why would we do that? You're you're out of control. You're clearly out of line here." You know, it's like you won the fight, but he has like he has more than proven himself. Like, why are you not respecting him for, for the determination? And um, the boss of the entire goddamn gang shows up <laughs> and is second in command as well. Yes. Well, we're originally uh, introduced to uh, Ryuguji Ken, also known as Draken. <laughs> this absolute unit of a of a lad with like he can look master chief in the eye yeah <laughs> he he's got he's got a braid he's got the blonde hair he's got the weird haircut he's got the head tattoos he's got a dragon tattooed on his temple like <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah like and it's not for show either <laughs> he proves it more than once yeah and it's like He's not the one that everyone's freaked out about. It's the long-haired weirdo behind him who's uh, complaining that he ran out of snacks. <laughs> I understand the feeling. And everybody immediately starts bowing, saying, Good afternoon, Mr. President! <laughs> Mr. President! Mr. President! <laughs> Good work, Mr. President, is the, is, uh, the address that they all do. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute. This weirdo... That's Manjoru. <laughs> That's Sanosan. <laughs> yes, insert like Ed Elric references. Yes, he is short. <laughs> yes. He's short. He's got If he had if he had the ponytail, he could pull off an Ed El Elric look. Mm -hmm. yes. uh, apparently his nickname is Mickey. He is unrivaled. <laughs> I thought it was Mikey. Mikey, yeah, it's Mikey. It is Mikey, but memes and hanagaki's just like oh great i i actually did speed run to the boss wonderful <laughs> i i met i met uh absolutely nothing in the tank and beaten half to death i'm barely on my feet i really hope i don't have to fight these guys right now because it's it's framed like that it's framed like mikey or draken is gonna is gonna fight him <laughs> they go and two-shot Kiyomasa, and the only reason it's a two-shot is because Draken gets one and Mikey gets one. <laughs> yeah, because he was down from the first one easily, at which point Mikey is like, why the hell are you sullying my gang's name with this fight pit? This is crass and stupid. Never use this gang's name again, or I will kill you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, typical, like, administrative oversight lack. Mm -hmm. Guy trying to flex and use... The gang's name inappropriately to pursue his own endeavors, which are stupid and pointless. Mikey in particular, though, uh, we, we you can sort of infer later that this also applies to Draken, uh, is uh, really taken by Hanagaki's uh, show of determination. You know, his ability to not just keep getting up, but stay on his feet through almost the entire fight. Mm -hmm. Well, fight, beating is what it was. Uh, yeah. Uh, after finishing KOing Kiyomasa, walks over to uh, Takamichi, who's fallen over from just the aura. <laughs> it's like, are you really a middle schooler? 
Hey, you know what? You seem like an interesting fella. From now on, you're my buddy, okay, Takamichi? Michi? <laughs> he says that's your name, that's your name. Okay. <laughs> uh, that sort of leads into the, the new normal for Hanagaki. At the, like, as everyone's, like, picking up and leaving to go home, he also uh, uh, has a conversation with one of his, with one of his buddies. Yeah, Akun. I was really, I was really moved by what you did. Like, like, not just what you did, but how far you went, because you could have quit at any time and it would have proven your point, but you kept going. I have a confession to make. I was going to, I was going to stab Kiyomasa, Kiyomasa and I don't think I need to do that now. <laughs> So thank you for not give thank you for not letting me make that decision because I know it was stupid. I was gonna do it anyway. Because otherwise I would have just lived my life as his slave forever. And now we have a different path, and you're a really cool guy. <laughs> Hanagaki doesn't really think much of it at the time. Uh it uh We learn we learn it's later. A plot point. <laughs> we learn later that this was actually extremely important. But yeah, uh so, uh, Hanagaki, uh, there's a, there's a delightful scene where as Hanagaki is trying to, like, get used to this new normal, uh, he's, it's in the middle of class. Mikey <laughs> and Dragon just swing open the door and walk in front of the teacher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and collect Hanagaki. Because like, he wants to hang out. I understand. Yeah. Can hang out. Come on, kid. It's like, I mean, I'm in the middle of class right now. I guess we're going into the hallway. And what's with all these knocked out dudes? They got in my way, so I knocked him down a peg. Okay, Draken. <laughs> Imagine being executively summoned to hang out. <laughs> in the middle of class. <laughs> That's basically what that is. And the poor, the poor teacher is like, um, excuse me, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> they just ignore him. <laughs> And then, and then, uh, uh, Mikey and, and Draken's exit is quite, uh, extravagant. Mm-hmm. Because after kicking the crap out of all of these guys, they decide that, uh, they will now line them up to create a carpet that they will walk out on. Yeah, treading upon the floor is beneath them, so... But, you know, uh, we've had all these displays of Mikey and Draken's power. They are an extremely imposing duo, we know that in the future, Mikey's going to be the head of the gang, uh, you know, this incredibly powerful criminal. Uh, and already we can see the beginnings of this. Truly, who would be insane enough to stand up to such a monster of an individual? Uh, Hinata, that's who. I <laughs> yeah. love this scene. <laughs> in, hello, yes, based department. I need to make a report because <laughs> Hina, Hina sees them leaving and she's like, excuse me, where do you think you're going with my boyfriend? Uh, I'm sorry, who are you? We're just leaving with uh, Hanagaki, and she walks up and smacks Mikey across the face. Because, Props because, to her. and like, like, specifically, Mikey had been making a lot of like, like, he'd been phrasing things threateningly. We find later, he absolutely is not that way. He seems uh, to earnestly want to be Hanagaki's friend, but he just has a way of phrasing things that sounds like he's going to take you somewhere to kill you uh, at the best of times. We learn a little later that uh, Mikey has a like he has that tendency. And I think there is like a, a sort of and, and we learn there is like a sort of genuine like violence in him. But he's got a mediating force, which, again, we'll explain later. <laughs> because what we're going to go into is the Mikey scene sort of explaining his motivation. 
Well, well, first of all, we got to get to uh, one of the scene with uh, Hinata just keeps getting cooler and cooler because there uh, it gets revealed that uh, particularly Draken, but Mikey and Draken start threatening Hinata and they stand up for each other. And Draken uh, is like, oh, yeah, no, this is a test. We wanted to see if uh, what we saw in Hinata, uh, in uh, Hanagaki was a fluke. Uh, also, uh, and the, that was the fact that the fact that you are willing to grab uh, the fact that he is willing to grab Draken by the arm and be like, you're going to stop threatening my girlfriend now uh, means he passed the test. Yeah. And I love the moment where Draken's and he says this twice to her, actually. But he's like, and you miss that was awesome. But be more careful, because if someone would actually hurt you in response to that, it could kill you. So that was cool, but maybe don't do it again. <laughs> it's like it's so like it's almost domestic. Like it's 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 this sort of like harmless, charming na nature to both like both Mikey and Draken. Yes, it's, it's and this made my fangirl heart like swell. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, they can get it. Meanwhile, I've got this like weird tonal shift where I'm just like, man, yeah, I'm sure glad she got away with this because other women in this series have not gotten that luxury. Yes. Uh -huh. I'm just saying this was a redeeming quality for Bikey and Draken because I'm just well, like. That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing because Draken warns her of something that happens to character. Well, not not so much characters, but happens to people in this like in the story. Mm -hmm. Well, it's can it also be reasons that I mean, once the relationship is cleared up of like, oh, this is um, his girlfriend. It's like this, this is Hanagaki's girlfriend. They're like, oh, OK. So and the fact that they witnessed him being beat up, like they're like, oh, so she's reacting to that. That's why she's like, I see delinquents. We are delinquents. She's going to lash out at all delinquents the same not realizing perhaps that they are the quote-unquote better delinquents well yeah because because what we transition into here and i like you know this all this all ties into the same thing because i like it really is a super cool moment where like like draken just lets the mask slip and just says out loud yeah this was all a test sorry about that but seriously don't do that to other people because it won't always be this easy yeah, but what I mean, what I mean is like they, they obviously have a machismo that they're trying to like portray because they are in a gang, but they also didn't like, they were able to, they are able to guard it and bring it down and be like reasonable and be like, oh, she's pissed off because, you know, her man is coming home, like beat yeah. the crap out of him. Yeah, she's going to be pissed. And he's not in defense and not for nothing, but Draken in particular seems always in control of his emotions. He'll get like the little vain anger mark thing. Uh, but like, generally speaking, he doesn't really seem like the type of person who's like capable of losing his temper. He seems very, very even tempered. Again, he's ideal. <laughs> he is pretty awesome. Um, I like Draken a lot. Yeah. And it, like they take the mask off moment and then we go into, uh, you know, Mikey's motivation. Like the thing he's he's pulling Hanagaki away for is to be like, this is this is what I'm about, you know, mm -hmm. and like you are awesome. You're the type of person I want by my side to, uh, you know, do this ideal. And the impression I get and I I still maintain this even even as far as we read, because we learned some things about Draken in particular. But like Mikey the way he comes off is that he's 
at heart a really good person. It's just he's so steeped in this culture that his response to everything is some form of violence. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's sort of the thing about how like Luffy and the Straw Hats are pirates for justice. It's yeah. like you're outlaw well. you're outlaw criminals. You're just good guys about it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I, I know, I know. There's a lot of One Piece I haven't read. <laughs> What? Right? Luffy uh, has several quotes. It's just like, well, I don't really care about being a hero. So, <laughs> I mean, do you want to be a hero or do you just want like he hasn't gone over the edge where he's like 100 percent? You know, well, that's not true. He is 100 percent ambition, but he's not like I'm going to purposely put myself into the hero position. But I like to do, you know, good things if they don't completely throw me off my goal. Yeah, it's like they have a similar kind of vibe of like they they aren't, you know, the rapacious criminals that, you know, people would associate with delinqu with gangster delinquents and or pirates. I think I think a good way of describing Mikey is I don't like wanton violence. And if you have a problem with that, I will beat the shit out of you to near death or to actual death. Mm -hmm. Like and like That's he doesn't he, he can't comprehend <laughs> Okay, uh, <laughs> he can't compre comprehend the cognitive dissonance there because he's so deep in the culture. And like, it's it's the kind of thing where, like, I don't think that that's necessarily like simply a matter of upbringing. Like, I think that's a part of his core character, which makes him admirable in some ways, but also extremely dangerous. And you can kind of see how he could potentially turn into a monster under the wrong circumstances. It's very much the case where, you can't see this version of Mikey ever running the the future version of the gang the way it is. But you can see that the path is absolutely there under the right circumstances. And then, of course, there's Hanagaki, who's only really known Mikey as this, like, kinder, like, more reasonable version. And he, like, he so just can't like, imagine that, that him ever becoming that person. This is the guy who's the, who's the master gang leader of the of Toman in the future i i don't get it like like he very he and, very explicitly has a problem with wanton unnecessary violence against uninvolved people which is the thing that is the inciting incident of this story yeah. wanton violence against uninvolved people and we do learn uh mikey's motivation which is that he's like we're living in this uh, era where being a delinquent is this like lame thing you know we're we're outcasts we're pathetic in you know the eyes of society but you know the delinquents that i looked up to they were uh they were you know these big tough guys who always got in fights but they uh they were robin hoods yeah they looked out for themselves they they were strong individuals and what's so lame about that so i want to make a golden era of delinquents <laughs> I mean, that was kind of the whole kind of divulging a little bit, but that was the whole call to action for, um, you know, gang and mafia groups back in the day because you couldn't rely on the um, on the authorities, on the authorities mm. for your community. So, I mean, they were literally trying to protect and promote their community. Yeah. And I mean, like there there's a reason why, uh, particularly in in. I think it was 80s anime and manga that this was the biggest era of it. Um, but there's a reason why the delinquent with a heart of gold is a really common trope, because like there is this sort of like crusader Robin Hood sort of 
you know, this crusading Robin Hood sort of vibe associated with that. Um, and like, you can very much see the path that Mikey is currently on is to be that good guy delinquent. But because he's so inherently violent, like he's also a, a walking uh, collection of red flags. Which is highlighted as Hanagaki is walking home and passes by a random group of guys. And with, Steve- with a with a, uh, a guy with a, a very, very designed character face. <laughs> the, <laughs> the most villain-ass villain I have ever seen in my life. This middle schooler looks like the main antagonist of a Bond movie. <laughs> he really does. I think I think I know what his stand is. I think I recognize him from part three. Uh, yes, the power of my stand, smooth criminal. <laughs> Wait, no, we can't do a JoJo's episode. Sam's here. Mm-hmm. Sam, leave. You <laughs> uh, no. ejected from the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, Hanagaki doesn't recognize him. He's like, I feel like I've seen that guy's face before. And we, as the reader, have the benefit of him flashbacking to a picture of one of the two leaders of the future gang. And uh, he's got a different hairstyle, but that same incredibly villainous smile. <laughs> it that uh, that very imposing man, Kisaki Teta, the other leader of the future gang. <laughs> The man that the man that Mikey must not meet or else the future is doomed. But uh, anyway, uh, Hanagaki then decides to um, go on a date with a 12 year old. Um. Yeah, yeah. The, the time travel makes the date kind of weird. It's also when we get the line of, hey, you're different. You seem older. Mm. That's so hot. it fulfills the trope yes boys mature so much later but yes girls like older men (laughs) (laughs) this is still it's still age inappropriate because obviously we see them as two individuals at different stages in their lives it's Mm -hmm. it's also just so sad because he is so excited to go with her to the fireworks and he's like wow this is so beautiful i've never held hands with a girl before and i'm like how long did you date this girl you were calling her by her first name and you'd never held hands yeah japan (laughs) you're right that's that's basically third base (laughs) dude they're basically married it's weird because like He's so arrested development that it's like it almost doesn't feel anachronistic because of that. But then there's the fact that he's not really paying attention to the date. He's just being like, man, living, uh, reliving middle school years is so nostalgic. Or like, wow, this is the first time I've ever been in a girl's room. <laughs> that was just a like, pretty funny he, moment. He's he's being such a tourist about it. Well, not for nothing, but there are moments where he he sort of lets his inner kid out because he didn't experience these things when he was living this the Mm -hmm. first time. And also, Hinata seems really mature. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I didn't like- It's still weird in context. It's still weird. It's it's weird when you take a step back and look at it. But like when I was was reading the scenes, it didn't feel that out of place because she feels older than she is. And he- like he acts more like a like he like she she seems like uh like late teens and he acts like a late teens because he's he, like he's older but he acts a little bit younger. He than keeps that. saying so nostalgic, but otherwise he acts like a middle schooler. <laughs> like yeah, he, and and 
like there there's this there's this element of she seems more mature for her age and because he is like a lot of actually a lot of characters in fiction in general he is arrested development the character yeah. he acts he acts younger so in the moment it feels uh it feels natural yeah. and i might have a bit of a crackpot theory but that'll be at the end and you know what it it you're in the scene perfect what happens though is he accidentally holds hands with naoto <laughs> And then is shot back into the future with him on the thing. He's like, oh, man, I accidentally held your hand. I was going to hold hands with your sister. It was going to be Literally cool. got caught hold- by the little brother. You, you were going <laughs> to hold hands with my 12-year-old sister? <laughs> like, the fact that he then complains about I didn't get to be romantic with this 12-year-old girl. To that girl's brother, when he is a 25-year-old man, is the weird part. <laughs> I want everyone is, yes. to be aware of that. That scene is creepy. <laughs> that's the part where that's the part where it reminds you that this is a manga. This is weird. <laughs> Which I, I think is done on like I think that dissonance is done on purpose oh. because like there's there's important character information relative to that scene and addressing the weirdness there would sort of take you mm-hmm. out of that. The manga is still aware that it's weird, so you don't have to you don't have to worry. We know this is weird. But anyway, we're we're about at the midway point, and for some reason the manga decides it's gonna be a detective noir for the next couple of chapters. So how about we take a nice little break here and yeah, we'll take a little break now that we've uh, returned to the present and then we can uh, return to the past again when we come back. Because mm-hmm. notably, no bathrooms in the past. <laughs> yeah, it's true. weird how that happens. It's true. Just everyone doing a whole lot of public urination just off panel. It wasn't illegal then. Exactly. Thanks, America. <laughs> Where did you go? <laughs> we'll be right back, folks. And welcome back to the show, folks, where last we left our uh, hero. It, he's working on it. Don't worry, he'll get there. Uh, he had just accidentally returned to the future uh, <laughs> via, via an attempted romantic ha- uh, handhold with his girlfriend into the past, but accidentally held hands with her little brother. Look, this manga's gimmick is very weird. I, I like how her little brother does not appear at all during any of the times he visits her at home, unless it's in this f- fireworks scene. Yeah. Yeah. He arrives for one purpose and one purpose alone, and that's to prevent <laughs> him from getting with his sister. And that is extra temporal cock blocking. <laughs> you know, I don't know if any of you have younger siblings, but um, yeah, that's kind of what they're put on this earth to do. <laughs> I would not know. Only child. We actually learn a bit more about how uh, Hanagaki's time traveling powers work because uh, he did spend two weeks in the past and this allowed Naoto to get some important data. Namely, yeah, you've just been knocked out cold the entire time. No, not knocked out cold. You have been dead. (laughs) Like basically dead. Like you flatlined. (laughs) Did he say flatlined? I don't think he said that. I think he's alive because I... He was in a death-like state. Like he was in a... 
Uh, Naruto has a torpor Naruto has a habit of using very dramatic language and then also for some reason the speech bubbles put quotation marks around all the dramatic things he says because he he's a nerd okay he reads studies (laughs) he's into the occult he is that person and I respect that person he's a police detective just like his dad yes but on the side he also reads like he is a well-educated and well-curious person so he uses a lot of fluffy language. He knows a lot of words. I'm feeling attacked. I like how their dad is not investigating this, despite the fact he is very clearly still like young enough to be working. Because mm-hmm. like, <laughs> but no, let's just ignore the fact that the father of this of these two is children it, is a is person it. that exists in this world. Yeah. yeah, turns out he's the one facilitating all of the time control from his underground bunker. This 23-year-old police detective is a more believable thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just appreciate that they gave us that additional information about him being in the in the torpor uh, during mm-hmm. this, because I when I found out about this time swap move, I thought for a second that his uh, younger past self uh, <laughs> swapped places temporarily with his older body. Oh, like big. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, that's not the plot of big. <laughs> Either way, that would have been extremely funny, but also would have uh, severely overcomplicated this entire. I was going to say that would have complicated the plot. There are more than a few uh, questions that this section of the uh, present time is going to bring up. But in all honesty, it really does feel like there's uh, a combination of missing information and misinformation uh, going on here. Um, I do feel like there's plenty of space to fill in. So what we find out is. His friend, when he said uh, he was going to take a knife to uh, the the, bo- the boss, he doesn't show up again. When his friend uh, Akun uh, said he was going to take a knife to the guy, we find out, um, yeah, he definitely was. He was not bluffing uh, because he was supposed to have been arrested for uh, almost killing him mm-hmm. with that knife. Uh, but he doesn't. That changed. Because he, because of uh, what um, Hanagaki did and the conversation they had afterward about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, now, this now is he's a weird a... part because um, Nato seems aware the timeline changed. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, yeah, I'm suspicious of that too. Not sure what's up with that. Well, but... when when we get to the conversation with Akun, the idea that there's there's misinformation and missing information, it, it becomes kind of obvious that there's something else going on here. But regardless, they find out instead of getting thrown in jail, he moved his way up the gang and is now in charge of a brothel. I it's it's not technically a brothel. Not a brothel. It's a um host club. Not gentleman club. It's a cabaret club. It's not technically a brothel, but it's a brothel. I we we see the inside of this place. I'm I'm sure if you had money. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's not. It is legally not a brothel, but it's a brothel. It's a soap club. (laughs) Yes. That's uh. That's a massage. (laughs) As long as they're wearing gloves, it doesn't count. Yes. And prostitution laws are fun. (laughs) (laughs) I know you were well versed in them, apparently. Well, I got to prepare for my trip. I, too, have played the Yakuza series. Wait a minute. <laughs> Everyone has played Yakuza series, okay? Yes. <laughs> that's two very different answers to that question, but... The important part is uh, that's the only thing that changed this time, so the mission is not done yet. Um, 
but moreover, uh, uh, Hanagaki comes back and is like, yeah, there's no way Mikey would do this under normal circumstances. Something weird happened. Uh, <laughs> Wait, you mean you didn't kill him? <laughs> yeah, this is the part where this is the part where he says it out loud. Why? Why would I kill him? Because you're 12. No one's going to throw you in jail. <laughs> Better question. Well, I mean, he's like he's a delinquent, but he's a decent guy. How could the guy who killed my sister be a good guy? That's what I want to know. Anyway, wouldn't you have noticed the timeline shift if I actually killed him? Hinata would be alive right now. Presumably. This is where they start to notice the uh, inconsistencies. And also, I believe I believe it's this early that we find out that uh, uh, Draken dies at some point. Yes. Oh, yeah. And they're able to put together, because at this point, um, Hanagaki doesn't know this for sure. It will become more obvious later. But there's already the impression that Mikey's worst tendencies are being curbed by Draken. So it's like the gang turned around after Draken died. Like Draken's got to be the key to Mikey's change. Well, we don't, we don't, yeah, we don't learn that. Uh, or we don't uh, have the pieces put together uh, quite yet on uh, Draken's death being the catalyst because, or at least uh, Hanagaki doesn't. They're guessing at it. They're guessing at it where it's like, there's got to be something here. I don't know why that's what changed it. I mean, but Akun, that, Akun's the one who says that is what changed it, so. Yeah. Well, yeah, he 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 says that later. The only experience Hanagaki has had with Mikey has been with Mikey being way too violent for any human being to actually be, but otherwise a really nice guy. He can't imagine Mikey doing any of this stuff, so he wants to have a conversation with him and find out what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. turns out Mikey is like the best criminal ever. And even though they know he's the one who killed Hinata, they can't track him down. He does not appear anywhere. He uses a weird technology no one's ever heard of called a burner phone. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, that's why the number he gave me in middle school doesn't work. Yeah, it's been 12 years. I don't even think he gave you a burner. I think he might have actually had that as a legitimate number. And then it just changed over the yep. course of like over a decade. Yeah. <laughs> Conveniently, he does have Akun and he has this weird memory when they were like graduating and going their separate ways. Akun's is like, yeah, what are we going to talk about even when we've gone down different paths of life? Don't worry, we'll still be best friends and nothing will ever separate us and we'll always be super cool to each other. Just call me up anytime and I'll be a super cool bro who will never drop any weird kind of life bombs on you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah oh my gosh but uh it, it's like as it's like okay we want to find mikey so we can talk to him but how are we going to get to him uh well, here's all the files i have on the tokyo majin gang oh hey wait a minute that's akun i could probably get in touch with him mm-hmm. all right how are we going to do that well i could probably dig out an old notebook i had some contact info in all right let's go search around your apartment uh yeah let's let's do that Look, I, I, live a, I live a really shitty life, so this place is nasty. Brace yourself. Oh, I'm sure it'll be totally fine. Good Lord! I told you to brace yourself. This is, this is beyond, man. How also, are he you got, alive? He got fired from his job at the uh, video rental store. Because it turns because... out when you just, like, abandon your post for multiple weeks without any word, they fire you. Look, boss, you don't understand. I was actually catapulted into the past. <laughs> it's a very natural moment of <laughs> Hanagaki is like, am I, why am I trying so hard? I'm nothing but a screw up. Nothing ever goes right for me. 
and he he gets the bright idea of why don't I just tell Hinata? This is where we get the don't tell anyone about this. I only believed you because I was into the occult at the time. Uh, where he's like, why don't I just tell Hinata what's going to happen in the future? They will put you in a box. Do not do that. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, he goes to visit his friend Akun, who's uh, done well for himself. He's uh, the big boss for the Tomen gang, which is what the Tokyo Majin becomes, I think. Uh, Tomen is a portmanteau of Tokyo Majin, so it's just like a nickname. Yeah, yeah, it's another name for the gang. So he is he is the head of like he with uh, the boss who was he who he was going to kill out of the way. He's moved up. He's in charge of the as we said earlier, it's like a cabaret club but like it's officially a cabaret club but it's a brothel yeah and like he gets invited there and he comes with a police officer and him in like his ratty like t-shirt and <laughs> it's just like yeah no my best friend will just let us in and this is a ritzy place <laughs> like there is a butler at the door and a bunch of women in like scanty maid outfits and it's like mm, they're this all in is, like fancy cocktail dresses this is not the clientele we deal with <laughs> it's like Oh, you know, you don't understand. I'm I'm just here to see uh Sendo-san. It's like, do you have an appointment? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm Hanagaki. Oh, you're Hanagaki. Oh, why didn't you just say so? Please, uh, let me take you up to the penthouse where the boss will be waiting for you. So, wait, wait that wait that actually worked. Well, yeah, he was on a short list and say, hey, if anyone Hanagaki comes over, send him up to the penthouse. He did have a meeting. He called up his friend before. Yeah, so he was literally just on the yeah. list. Yeah, yeah, like. <laughs> They they cut. They didn't have them actually talk to each other, but he's just like, oh, you work there now. I'll come over and we'll say hi. Like, mm -hmm. so he does and, have an appointment. And we yeah. have a we have a very awkward interaction because he's led into this massive fancy apartment. Uh, he and Naoto sit down. They get a drink. It's uh, Takamichi's freaking out because it's extremely fancy. And he's like, oh, I'm just such a schlub. And this is what my friend has gotten up to. I'm such a loser. This is so awkward. And. It's like, don't worry, Akun is still Akun. It's like, you're right, I am <laughs> behind you. And he was sitting on another couch behind them the whole time. Menacingly. Watching, menacingly watching, watching Hanagaki freak out. I really like Hanagaki like losing his nerve at this point because it's so easy when you write a character to have character development be a linear path. And that's not how real life works. You know, when when you're struggling with um you know moving forward with your life and you hit a setback it's really hard not to go into a funk because of it you know he's fighting going into that funk and uh and then here's his buddy who is uh the kind of terrifying tattooed uh you know shaved head thug speaking persona that he's been terrified of all, all his life speaking of the yakuza series <laughs> <laughs> and then we get we get a really cool moment of it he just says uh uh uh, Takamichi, you haven't changed a bit. They reconnect as friends. It's kind of kind of sweet. Yeah, and, and hopefully nothing ruins. Oh wait, no, he uh, <laughs> he goes out like a bat. He uh, he decides to tell him, "Hey, by the way, uh, we're having this good time reconnecting. Uh, I'm the one who pushed you in front of the train, and I'm just like, I was not what? expecting this. <laughs> like they don't even make it clear that he was pushed because of how they frame it. He kind of just falls, and like I was assuming isekai nonsense." Or, because time travel story, I thought it was going to be he traveled into the past 12 years in his future to push him in front of the train so this could all be set in motion. So that the time loop could start. They frame it in such a way that, like, there's an implied jolt. So it's implied that he's pushed, but you 
like it it all happens so fast it's hard to tell it and it, uh, it could have literally been someone bumped him accidentally though is what i'm saying like there it's not inherently malicious he could have been bumped accidentally he could have tripped over his own shoelaces for all we saw here's akun like uh so yeah that's a that's a police detective uh i am not stupid and neither is the organization we know exactly who that is just so mm -hmm. you know uh way to look like a cop yeah <laughs> which i mean he did he did he did come in the in the standard cop or the standard police detective get up oh my um, gosh <laughs> you can tell he's new from the academy <laughs> and um and then he proceeds to say i'm the one who uh uh pushed you in front of the train and then he starts saying things that don't make a lot of sense with the information we've been given up to this point yeah i pushed you on the train tracks and then Tachibana Naoto saved you. And he was dead? So, how the fuck did the time loop work? Yeah, th th this is the point where I started to clue into that. Because, like, the, the thing here is, you can see on Hanagaki's face, the gears are turning. He's not quite at the point where he's capable of doing the math to realize that, like, none of this is right. But, like, they have the main character clue into, like, that doesn't make sense. Oh, oh shit. the main character is figuring it out. Quick, we need to distract him. Uh, hey, I'm on the edge of a building. Later, loser. What? Yeah, there was a point where it's it, like he, he steps up onto the uh, edge of the roof and I'm like, well, that's some loaded imagery. I hope this isn't going where. Oh, yep. It's going exactly where I was afraid it was. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is so freaking wild to me because Akun is like. Oh yeah, you have the power to return to the past, right? I could tell because of how weird you were acting when we were kids. Anyway. <laughs> Imagine holding on no, to no. that. The yeah. thing, no, the thing, that, the thing that supposedly tips him off, and I don't think any of this is true, but the thing that supposedly tips him off is uh, he says that Naoto uh, reacted so quickly to pull you out of the way of the train that Naoto had to have known what was going to happen before it happened. Except in the first time loop, Naoto was extremely dead and nowhere near any of this and wouldn't have had any knowledge of the future. And also... We would have seen Naoto pulling him out because the times the time jump doesn't happen until their hands suppose supposedly doesn't happen until their hands clasp. So we would have seen that none of that is true. He's either he's either been given misinformation or is just lying here. There's mm -hmm. no way that that is an accurate retelling of what happened. But then Akun is just like, hey, so uh, if you do have this power to return to the past, then uh, obviously, that was you from now who stopped me from stabbing that guy, which got me to this position. And I really appreciate that. I am kind of living the life. Unfortunately, uh, the gang has become such a heinous and violent and terrible uh, thing that I uh, I feel morally corrupt by what I'm doing, which is an interesting take. Uh, and he's well, like, he was he was complicit in a lot of yeah. terrible things is yeah. pretty obvious. And then. Maybe he did push his friend in front of the train for some reason. There's there's more to that than meets, meets the, eye. the eye. Yeah, but he's like, so uh, I'm pretty sure that this all went this all went wrong when Draken died because that's when Mikey started to get real uh started to get real fucked up. So anyway, uh, I can't live with myself anymore. Please go into the past and make sure this timeline doesn't happen. Bye. Jumps off the building. He he pushes out like a bitch. Yeah, then they like show him become road pizza, which I wasn't expecting. And it's I, like, yeah, I was not expecting that. 
Me and neither. like, and I also didn't expect the main character to never once suggest when he's back in time, he could stop this from happening. <laughs> He's just what like, you, well, my friend killed himself. I guess that's the future now. I'm like, wait, no, he does no, not he, specifically to say, I'm going to save everyone. He goes no. back in part to say, no, he only wants to save Hinata. No, he also wants no, to save No, he Akun. says he, he wants and to Draken. save Hinata, Akun, and Draken very yeah, specifically. He, he goes back to say he wants to save everyone. He wants everyone to live. I might have skipped over Akun then. Because <laughs> <laughs> the key is, the, the sort of important part is, if he can prevent Mikey from becoming a monster, the easiest way seems to be to save Draken, which is good because Draken deserves to be saved because he's not a bad person and doesn't deserve death. That we know of. Saving Draken would then also prevent the gang from becoming terrible, which would save everyone else. Mm -hmm. And he does specifically call out everyone who's died at this point. And it, it really does seem like, um, you know, it's like the, the ripple effects, the consequences of, because it's like, Akun's situation, he was in jail. That sucks. But he was alive when the timeline hadn't been meddled with. And it's like, you know, is it better that he lived in the lap of luxury for a while but was miserable in that way versus being in jail? Like, you know, it, it, it's one of those ones where it's like, this can be better. Maybe it's going to get more butterfly effecty, but like, tonally, this feels more optimistic than that. We'll see where it goes. This is 200 plus chapters. I'm sure it gets very, very bad. But, you know, that that is that like refocuses him where it's like, no, I made a lot of steps forward. I was able to change things. I can do this. What's the next step? Gakun, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, you can't just reconnect with a guy after 12 years and be like, I'm too much of a bitch change my situation so i'm gonna rely on you having magic powers and also i'm going to put a tremendous weight on your shoulders by killing myself so that you have to go back and do this now in order to save me this guy counterpoint there's more to the time travel stuff and he was induced into doing this and wouldn't have done it under normal circumstances exactly counterpoint uh, uh, oh, he's just look, a dick there is a conspiracy like rabbit hole that it's just like something's going on someone's compelling all of this from behind the scenes and i think i know who it is counter counterpoint maybe that is the case but also this guy this this if i wasn't reading for the podcast this would be enough to make me just stop uh, thankfully, the podcast did force me to read further and get to more stuff that I really, really enjoyed so I can look past Yes, it. we enjoy making you make poor decisions, Sam. <laughs> it's true. You know, very much I take this as, I take this as that wasn't his choice. I don't trust anything he said in that conversation other than the stuff that would, you know, move the plot forward. Hmm. Like all of the, all of the, all of the stuff about like, his motivation for what he does and uh, all of the stuff about the mechanics of the time travel. I don't trust a word of that. I, I think that there's somebody else uh, behind the scenes. Well, someone put the hit out on um, uh, Tachimaki. So like that, mm -hmm. he, he was paid to do that. So mm. I don't know. Some nonsense is happening. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, get, I get spy thriller vibes from that. There, their lead is dead. So mm -hmm. conveniently, they can go do some research and turns out that because we don't want to have a scene of them waiting around for multiple weeks, um, Dracoon dies in two weeks, 12 years ago. So mm -hmm. perfect timing. Go back in time. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, go back in time now and make sure that Draken doesn't die. So wait, how did he die? Uh, looks like there was a uh, gang confrontation where he got stabbed. Uh, it looks like it was between uh, the Mikey faction and the Draken faction of Toman. So you're telling me that in the months since I got integrated into this, these two, like, best friends somehow have such a powerful uh, divide come between them that it fractionalizes the gang into a fight that gets one of them killed. Yeah, I don't buy that for a second. I'm going back into the past. I'm, I'm just saying. Real, real convenient when this time travel power showed up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Wow. All of the major events happened exactly 12 years ago. <laughs> it, it was 12 years ago. Exactly. Like, if you were going to do something that stopped this nonsense from getting real bad, this was the perfect time to do it. It's also great that you who lived through this time period didn't remember this giant middle school gang fight that happened. Yeah. His memory of his past is uh extremely weird. shaky and very suspicious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, suspicious is the word I would use. I mean, not it, for nothing. I don't think I don't think that um him being able to travel back in time is magic nonsense. Someone engineered this. It, it is also magic nonsense. He's not well, scientifically going back in time. No, yeah, but I mean, I mean, like, I think someone used a science machine to facilitate this. Here's my completely unfounded uh, crackpot theory. It is that Hanagaki did not actually exist in the past. That's why he has no memories. Uh, he is a product of this time loop. Uh, just just made from whole cloth uh, to be a confounding factor during these pivotal events in 2005. You think he literally, you think he came out of thin air, essentially. He's just an insert. Yes, I think he is a Katimian exult. That, that is a lot of credit you're giving to this shonen manga, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get where you're going. I, I don't think I would be selling this to an editor. <laughs> Oh no, that's why I say it's an unhinged crackpot theory that uh, that is almost certainly not true. <laughs> that's just the wildest thing that came to my mind. Mm -hmm. I but, appreciate um, it, and thank you for sharing. But and anyway, he needs to go back in the time, back in the time, and um, <laughs> when when he goes back in the time, he pops into his body, and damn, my boy got game. <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, he, he has he, so much game. He talk, doesn't even remember this moment happening. He, he well, talk about talk about uh, timing being convenient. The time travel powers being uh, convenient with the timing. Because exactly 12 years ago at this point, his 12 year old self, I guess, was, you 13. know what? 13. His 13 year old self was in a private karaoke booth with a girl completely in her underwear on top of him. And I'm just like. I I don't even know how it gets to this point. Like, <laughs> and um, the best part is the best part is the first like like he he opens his eyes, sees that sight, and then she says, "Remember, no kissing." Oh, jeez. <laughs> that was uh, a way that like I wasn't anticipating because legitimately I thought he like I'm tired of professional. Yes. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. At this point, the timeline has diverged. This is away from the experience that Hanagaki had naturally as a kid. He gets flashes of like the altered timeline, but generally speaking, he has the original memories as like the prime memories. That's why a lot of the stuff that's happening in the second and third 
trips back aren't what he remembers because he's making different choices and it's radically uh changing his his uh life yeah. trajectory and and then this choice he decided i'm gonna move up from hinata to whatever this girl's name is and i'm like good job because <laughs> like i hinata nice girl but like she's a seven this girl's a 10 i gotta know what what must past uh hanagaki be thinking you know to, to have his life suddenly be on a wild trajectory is he aware when he's being possessed by future hanagaki or is he just like boy is he like blanking out for long periods of time and waking up to a new life i'm saying the blanking out for long periods of time makes a lot more sense because that this kind of behavior behavior would be entirely on brand of like man my girlfriend i'm really chill with uh when i came back seems disappointed that i'm not more mature sure like <laughs> i'm 12 i don't need to be told i'm not mature enough for you you want someone older like no yeah and there there are implications that uh he is blacking out because when uh it's a conversation that happens a little bit later but uh it's like yeah, when uh, you randomly held my little brother's hand and then suddenly you were looked around really confused and ran away. That was kind of weird. I, I mean, <laughs> you, you say it happens later. Literally what happens is he it's goes. The next scene. Yeah, he's just like, ew, no, I'm not touching you. I don't know. I have a girlfriend. Ah, and then runs out and then out in front of this karaoke bar, runs into Hinata coming home from cram school in the weirdest happenstance in this entire <laughs> manga and that's saying something like why is her cram school in this part of town um, oh man i really cannot let hinata know about this can't let me know about what ah! <laughs> she's standing right behind me isn't she no she's in front of you ah! <laughs> <laughs> though i gotta say i love i love the panel of his shocked face <laughs> it's pretty great poor uh, hanagaki is just like not having a good time about all this oh just poor man <laughs> um but i mean then we get another amazing uh hinata scene hanagaki is is uh gets a call from uh either mikey or draken i think it was draken um that uh he's being summoned hinata's like you know what i'm gonna go with you and uh <laughs> hanagaki's like that's a bad idea yeah but i want to well i can't say no to you so i guess you're coming with me <laughs> and um the thing i i couldn't help but note about this scene is that uh hinata seemed really like nostalgic and reflective mm-hmm she calls him uh the adult hanagaki right now doesn't she yeah yep it's like she's picking up on something she knows mm -hmm. when he switches over and she's like "Ooh, i'm so attracted to you right now yeah <laughs> also i'm just gonna completely not acknowledge the fact you just said you were cheating on me because i'm that cool <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. well no no uh he hasn't revealed that yet she doesn't have that information it's only when they reach the meeting point and the biker gang shows up I love the face she makes. But yeah, yeah, that's just so weird. He gets like called by the Draken and Mikey to like, hey, come meet us for a thing. And he's like, hey, you want to come with me to a thing? And Hinata's just like, yeah, sure. Why not? Oh, no, this is a gang thing. This was a mistake to bring her. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I should not have brought you. It's like, why'd you bring your girlfriend? It's like, I didn't realize this. Look, it's like, okay, Hinata, I'll catch you later. And it's like... <laughs> All this Hinata insists to stick around. 
well, if you're going to be here, we might as well put you with the other girl. Hey, Emma, get over here. There's also this is also another case where we get a a, a really adorable interaction between uh, uh, Draken and Hanada, where it's like, uh, yeah, uh, or, or she she apologizes. I'm sorry I slapped you last time we met. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> no, really, it's fine. I was testing him. I understand. Just seriously, don't do that for other people. We're having a meeting about that. Mm -hmm. Again, completely appreciate it. He can get it. <laughs> well apparently not because emma's there <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, she, yeah so um, so emma. just to confirm emma is his girlfriend right or little sister i couldn't tell she is his girlfriend he specifically says she, she's draken's girlfriend yeah okay yeah so she specifically um says that essentially he basically just hangs out with the gang all the time she feels neglected he's not a, he's not a particularly attentive boyfriend mostly because he has to constantly manage the uh emotional and mental stability of mikey mostly because he's preoccupied with his boyfriend yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 So we'll get to that later but not yes. inaccurate <laughs> so she was like i don't know the only reason you made a move on me and the only reason i accepted was i thought it would make dragon uh jealous enough to pay attention to me <laughs> But Hanada's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Why did she call you little coward? Oh, because he saw me in my undies and ran away. He saw you in your what now? Uh, this time, comedically, she gets a bat and beats the hell out of Hanada. <laughs> Which, in all honesty, eh, I don't want to say fair, but understandable at the very least. No, uh, she beats the crap out of Hanagaki. Not Hanada. I, I, yeah, Hanada doesn't beat the crap she out of herself. She beats the crap out of herself. Emma, she just can't handle it. Emma won. She doesn't need to beat the crap out of Hanada. Yeah. <laughs> Hanada beats up Hanagaki. Yeah, that's like, what I meant to say. Which, like... <laughs> I don't want to say fair, but understandable at the very least. Yeah, like, it's, it's not fair, because past him did that, but she doesn't know that empirically. So... We, we get through that little bit of levity and then we move into why this meeting is going on. Uh, they called the entire gang together because one of their members, um, his girlfriend, was captured by the... There's no way this is the Morbius gang, Sam. <laughs> it's, it's the Mobius. It's, it's, the Mo it's the Mobius gang. I called it the Morbius I'm Morbin! <laughs> it's Morbin time. But, uh, yeah, no, their symbol, their, their symbol is, a, is a Mobius strip. Because we bike forever. But um, so what they, they did is the entire, like, eight guys from the gang beat this guy's girlfriend within an inch of her life, like, sexually assaulted her. Every literally everything you could do to a human being done. She is in the hospital now. And like that is very on brand for the type of genre this is emulating, which is like school gang fight kind of deal. Like uh mm. if you've ever seen Air Gear, that starts off with two schools having a gang fight because one of the guy's girlfriends was sexually assaulted. That's just what this genre is. Is like it's still uncomfortably brutal yes and it, it it is very on brand though for this kind of media yeah. like it is a symptom of its time and this is purposely being anachronistic to call back to that earlier time of like mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's why this is the catalyst because that's what starts gang fights like that's that's the showdown initiate for like i'm not making a moral judgment on whether or not that's right it's 
that's how these fights start yeah yeah if you're going to play into the genre which it's doing is that's why this happened like uh but obviously mikey being the guy he is going like hey because the the boyfriend's just like hey look i'm real mad and this is not worth you getting involved i can solve this it's my problem he's like shut up it's the boyfriend's boss who's who's the one who's it's it's a it's a weird amount of like degrees of separation because it it is a member of the Tokyo Majin gang. His best friend's girlfriend is the one who was brutalized mm-hmm. and by the Mobius by the Morbius gang, the, <laughs> Mobius the, Mobius, gang. <laughs> the Mobius gang. God damn it. My own memes are coming back to haunt me. Mikey is like, all right, so that's what happened. And does anyone have any objections about going and uh, extracting our pound of flesh? Well, here, here's the thing I really like about this, because I think it's really re- relevatory for Mikey's character. He looks at um, Pa, the the boss of the underboss. Yeah, the underboss whose best friend was the one who got aggressed. upon. Well, it was girlfriend that mostly got aggressed upon. But he looks at Pa and is like, do you want us to fight this battle? Because we're here to decide whether we're not we're going to fight the battle. Do you want this? And Pa, who is expressly shown to be an idiot, mm-hmm. shows the uncharacteristic good judgment of saying this is a personal matter and it is not worth the gang's time. And Mikey's like, no, do you want to do this? And he says, it's probably a bad idea, but yes, I want to do this. And uh, Mikey looks at everyone else and says, a uh, one of our members' best friend... And the people that uh, he cares about were horribly uh, treated. Does anyone have any objections to, to all of us getting involved in this situation? And nobody objects. And like, that's that's like, to me, the epitome of like, who Mikey is as a person. Like, there's, there is, I think, equal parts inherent good and inherent evil in him because like, the response is to do in kind, you know, what had been done, which is not necessarily the right choice. I mean, no, my vibe for Mikey here is just like, oh, cool. Yeah, we're doing this. We're going to go hard then. There is mm-hmm. no half measure. We either burnt, we either salt the earth or we do nothing. What do you, you want to do? You either do or do not. There is no try. Yeah. There's no maybe. Only the Sith steal in absolutes. <laughs> I really love that scene for Mikey because I, th- I like I think that that is that is like a perfect expression of his character. Like that's fundamentally mm-hmm. who he is. Yeah, and unfortunately, I, he wouldn't he wouldn't do it if anybody said no. I think that's pretty obvious. I think he also wanted well, nobody to say no, but that's say, another matter. If, if one guy said no, Mikey might make an example of him. Well, mm-hmm. fair, but example he would just do the thing where he super like intimidates you to say yes no he'd punch him he punches literally everyone like yep. he walked into school on the backs of a bunch of people he beat up like i don't violence is not beneath him yeah unfortunately the date for this fight uh causes some concern because it's august 4th the day that draken dies obviously there is like that element of it's it was uh, a Toman infighting between the Draken faction and the Mikey faction uh, is is what was reported. But this is still a gang, a biker gang fight that's happening on that day. Um, so uh, uh, Hanagaki uh, seeing all of this is like, 
All right. The mission is clear. I am going to uh, stick at Draken's side and make sure whether whether this somehow creates a rift between him and Mikey that results in a fight, or if he dies in in this big battle, uh, and you know some and something weird is going on, uh, like a cover up or something. Either way, I'm going to be Draken's personal assi assistant and never leave his side. What do you think I need a personal assistant for? Do you think I can't do stuff by myself? Get out of here, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Having a personal assistant would be annoying. No. I did not expect to get rejected that badly that quickly. <laughs> uh, poor Hanagaki. It's like I was doing this with ulterior motives, but that actually stung. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I can still shadow him. I can tail him. I was I so expecting Draken to catch him immediately. I'm not going to lie. I I was also expecting that, but instead we get like literally a montage of the weirdest things he could interact with these two going like, oh no, they're literally just a loving couple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they really do come off as a married couple. It's like they go to a, they go to a restaurant and Mikey starts yelling about something. It's like, is this the fight that uh, happens between them? And it's like, I got the kids meal, but there's no flag in my in my uh, food. It's like, huh? I was all hyped for it and everything. <laughs> uh, don't worry, boss. I got one. I don't want it now. Oh, it does have a flag. <laughs> I'm happy now. And then he eats his entire kid's meal. And that's too much food. So he gets full and he has to go take a nap. <laughs> he has to take a nap because he's tummy up full. <laughs> and Dra Drak is like, God damn it, Mikey. Okay. Look, I'm just going to piggyback carry you out of here. We've got you places know, to be. You know what? I'm actually just going to beat the shit out of you now, boss. This is no. And that's when he gets shanked with the butter knife from his kid's meal. And I'm like, oh, well, it happened four days in the future. <laughs> that, is, that is not what happened. That is being facetious, dear listener. <laughs> that would be that would be incredibly funny, though. Again, that this would... podcast is not a replacement for the reading. Yeah, but, right. also, but also, I don't care. Do whatever you want. You're a fucking adult. <laughs> I assume. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so, given the subject matter. Hanagaki continues following specifically Draken, but by extension, the two of them. And uh, they arrive at a hospital, and it is the hospital where uh, the girlfriend had been taken. Mm -hmm. and, we get, um, and we get more details about how hideously brutalized she is. It's honestly very uncomfortable. It already was. It is just now more so. Yeah, very much on purpose, because, again, like the other thing that that is like this, like very intentional contrast is Hanagaki is watching this and sees how revolted by the situation that Mikey is. And Hanagaki is once again, like, how does he turn into the person doing this to other people? Um, but then uh, we get a scene where um, uh, the young woman's parents arrive and uh, it's. Again, intentionally very painful. The father is doing what a grieving father would do and lashing out because it's not fair. They didn't strict and and like I love that Hanagaki even points out because Mikey doesn't understand why he's getting yelled at. Well, it's mm. the same thing. This is the same thing as um, Hina is doing, where she first reacted because she saw them as delinquents, not realizing that there are a different type of delinquents. It's the same projection there i like i don't i don't want to litigate how justified the father was in the sense that like being close to gang activity can potentially draw you into the crossfire because like that's not a that's not a fair like that's not a fair judgment to make you know like litigating it isn't really 
the right thing to do, especially not in that moment. But he's he's in serious pain and grieving, and he's just reacting. And here's Draken, who is being as courteous and as uh, graceful as he possibly can be, and is sort of forcing Mikey into doing the same. You know, uh, Draken's bowing, and then he pulls Mikey down by the head, so he bows too, and just lets the father get out some of that anger that he, you know, that he's dealing with uh, as graciously as possible. The the conversation that um, Draken and Mikey have after after the um you know they leave and the parents go to see the young woman like uh draken explains to mikey he's in a bad place the least we can do is you know like take that and not make it worse for him you know mm-hmm. no we didn't do anything wrong we're not responsible but like at the very least we should empathize and like it's it's and- empathy and that's the thing mikey is missing he, the reason he is a walking pile of red flags that uh, intermittently seems like a really good guy is because what he's lacking is empathy. And that's what Draken brings to the table. Yeah. And Draken even expressly says uh, stuff in the delinquent world like this shouldn't splash over onto ordinary innocence. It's fine if you don't have to keep your head bowed like I am, but at least keep a heart that cares for others. Hanagaki even immediately makes the connection of this is the catalyst. This is where it all went wrong. Draken's death might have been a turn, and then Akin uh, says it explicitly, like that's what happened. And now Hanagaki understands why Draken is so important because Mikey, it, it, it's like he's not good or evil, but he's like kind of both at the same time. He's <laughs> a very extreme person, and the thing that Draken gives him is a uh, is like a moral centering. Um, and the reason why Mikey wouldn't do the things that the Mobius gang does is because Draken's there to keep him from straying from the path he intends to walk. And if Draken's not there, mm-hmm. Mikey succumbs to his, uh, his worst instincts. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of our reading. <laughs> oh, it feels like a strange place to end, but the next arc is like, what, 30 chapters? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, something like it. There's it the, the fun little extra chapter that's um, how uh, Draken and Mikey met. Yep. It's, um, something it's okay. to tell the kids. Yeah, it's, it, it's about the story you expect it to be, so it's not really that good. <laughs> it has a fun bit of how Draken got his tattoo, which is he just walked into a tattoo shop while he was in elementary school and said, I want to drag it on the side of my head. Kid, that's going to hurt. Also, I would need like a parent or something. It's like, don't you think it'd be hardcore? No, you're right. You're a really cool kid. That is really hardcore. <laughs> it would be really hardcore. Man, that kid's not even in fifth grade and he's already getting tats. <laughs> what a baller. This is the coolest kid I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, All right, then. Should we go into questioning? Yeah, question? Question. Yeah, we're going into questioning. We're all being interrogated for a connection to this. All right, let's do it. <laughs> so favorite character and uh, favorite fight uh, for a fight manga. We had only a couple of them, so not much selection there. But for favorite character, I really like Mikey. <laughs> he, he's a very interesting character, uh, mostly because he is he is one of those guys who uh, really doesn't care all that much about 
like the current circumstance he just does stuff and that throws wrenches into the current situation therefore making it more chaotic and enjoyable and in a story about like time loops and like disrupting the timeline having such a disruptive guy just kind of compounds on that and it, it's fun to watch the chaos mikey uh, uh i mean we made the star wars joke earlier but mikey is kind of the platonic ideal of the not evil sith lord which when you consider the direction he goes in the unaltered timeline kind of shows how uh fraught that idea is but yeah jake how about you favorite character Give me a Determinator protagonist, and I am entirely on board. Hanagaki is my number one, though, my God, I love Hinata too. She's right second place, though, I gotta say, I don't think there was a character that I didn't like in this. Because, like, even the even the um, more vile ones, like the um, the guy who recruited um, Hanagaki in the first place, the the first, like, underboss that we meet... Like, you're supposed to hate him, and he's very hateable. <laughs> like, so, like, I love the characters in this series. Y you give me a Determinator, and that's going to be my number one by default. And, I mean, I, with that said, I don't think it, I, I think it kind of goes without saying, but, you know, I, I will say a uh, favorite fight is uh, the one where uh, Hanagaki stands up and volunteers his tribute. Uh, oh, yeah, that was, I didn't mention my favorite fight, that was mine, too. <laughs> even though it's not much of a fight but like that that's such such a that's such a cool moment of just him constantly get it like like it's not just that he he kept getting back up it's that he didn't get knocked down very often because he the degree to which he stayed on his feet to prove the point you know made it even better indeed uh jay how about you favorite character and favorite fight sure so um Similarly, I kind of gravitate. There are no bad characters or poor choices in this. I kind of really felt that these were a good uh, set of characters um, just from the get-go. Um, though, if I had to say, um, those who really stuck out to me and really who I feel were a breath of fresh air for me, I would have to say, well, it's a little tied. Um, Hinata just as I mentioned previously, seems to have, um, I believe they frame it as like in just being an older soul. There seems to be a, an understanding of her and it'd really be interesting to find out more about her background. And, you know, she obviously cares a lot about Hanasaki and just figuring out Hanagaki and figuring out more about like the relationship, um, maybe we'll go into detail about her relationship with her brother and he won't just be like an afterthought who's just there um, <laughs> for some reason. Um, but uh, first and foremost, Draken, I don't know. He is like the best of both worlds. He is part of this unhinged underground, but he's also somewhat rational and has a moral compass and moral code that is intriguing. And yeah, um, he is somebody that obviously looking at him first and foremost, you just think he's a brute, but then he exposes this more gentle, more, I don't want to say intelligent, but just more refined side to him that is appealing. Um, as far as, um, fights again, I don't really feel like there were too many fights. It was just, you know, the second year is getting the crap beating out of them. So yeah, which beating, which <laughs> beating was your favorite? <laughs> I'm just, 
Um, I would have to agree that um, Hanagaki's uh, stand, we'll call it, um, was my favorite uh, confrontation, if we'll call it um, a fight. Yes. And Matt. Um, hmm, favorite character. Let's see. Uh, you know what? I'll go against the grain. Emma. Emma is pretty great. I, <laughs> I love the scene she was in. Um, and I hope she comes back and does more off the wall shenanigans because I love people who create chaos. Uh, we know. Honestly, same. <laughs> fa- favorite fight. Uh, you know what? Let's let's do another outlier. I will pick Akun versus the pavement. Akun <laughs> <laughs> oh, versus gravity. This is actually a from software game. I was going to say I was going to say that's the uh, biggest killer. This one was at Jay's insistence, uh, shipping. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome, everyone. Obviously, Um, Mikey and Draken, like, come on. Uh, yeah. Um, so when I prefaced this whole episode and said that, you know, I'd seen or I've heard of the series, just hadn't really looked into it, I, spoiler, I was completely aware that this was a ship. I've seen these two characters together. (laughs) I didn't know why, obviously. And now I know why. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm totally an advocate for it. Because they're Beautiful. great for each other. They are. Um, so yeah, um, they're my top ship, though arguably there are a few others. All right. Uh, well, I've, uh, we've said our piece. Uh, <laughs> Matt, Jake, you guys have any uh, burning opinions? It's not really a hot take. I think Hanagaki and Hanata are freaking adorable. We got just enough of their domesticity to get really endeared to the relationship without it, like, derailing the plot. Like, that's Mm. a fine tightrope to walk because, you know, it's like you got to make the audience understand why he's trying so hard, like why he accepted that beating and kept getting up, like why he cares so much. You know, because it's like there's that element of self-improvement, but also it's to protect a person he cares about and again, there's that element of those two were totally like like 100% the reason they weren't together in the future was because Hanagaki ghosted her because of the situation he was in. Mm-hmm. You know, like he like that relationship was fine, you know, like it had the problems that a, a relationship between, you know, tweens would have, you know. Uh Hanagaki was a, you know, a shit kid like everyone's a shit kid in middle school. But if he had made better choices, he would have had a totally different life and she would have been a major part of it. It it really makes me very interested in knowing what her life was like between when when he goes back in time, like the present time, like that 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 time skip space in the first uh, loop or like before mm-hmm. the first loop. Um, it really makes me wonder about what her life was like in that space. You know, not even necessarily that she was like always pining for him or something, but I'm I'm curious to know what her life was like in that time period. All right. And Matt, uh, you know what? Counterpoint, uh, uh Hanagaki and Emma. <laughs> All right. More chaos. Because <laughs> uh, I think I think Hanada is looking down on Hanagaki and wants another little brother. And that's not healthy. Yeah. <laughs> So we've already kind of talked about this one uh, with our previous postulating, but any final thoughts on the time jump gimmick? Uh, if I had to give a not crackpot theory, I still want to freaking know how uh, Naoto survived to create the first time loop, if that is in fact how it worked. 
Oh, also, oh I, I got crazy theory if you want that, but sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I do think that it is a very interesting gimmick. I, I need to do a bit more. And ironically, I'm the one who's needing to do the brain turn off because for whatever reason, I just turn into Jake and become a pedant who can't let things go when it comes to time <laughs> loops. They're my bane. I don't know why. So my crazy theory mm-hmm. is this is the second iteration of the time loop. And the first one happened with Hanada and she got sent back in time permanently because she's dead now. And also, she did it initially because Hanagaki died. Ooh. That is very close to my theory. That is spicy. I like it. That's very close to my theory. I have a slight alteration to it, though. All right. Walk us through it. I think that uh, Hinata and Hanagaki are both actively time looping. Still. Because the thing... uh, I, I think they're trading back and forth. Because Hinata seemed really insistent to stick with Hanagaki that day. Or that night when he learns about uh, the, the gang war that's going to happen. Mm. So I do think I, there's overlap. They're not just missing each other. Uh, like, I think, I think, like, I think what's happening is one of them travels back in time, changes something, and it kills the other one. Then... The other one travels back in time, unkill the other one, and they're and they're going back and forth between the two of them. Because, like I mentioned, Hinata seems pretty mature, more mature than a 12-year-old should be, honestly. Jacob, mm. did you also kickstart this because you didn't believe Hinata was coming home from cram school when she was just outside of the karaoke room her boyfriend that seemed was really her. that seemed really suspicious. And again, like like the thing that sort of made me start thinking because it's like I didn't initially like clue into that being weird, but like why was she so insistent to go with him to that meeting? And it, it then I, I start backtracking, I'm like, wait a minute. Why would she be there going back from cram school? Why would she be right behind him? She was looking for him, you know, and like like her having this like ready-made excuse, like like she prepped this. She knew she'd get asked why you're here. So she said something that she didn't think that Hanagaki would catch. And I think I think they're uh both of them are like, you know, they go back in time, they alter the past, they go back to their regular time. But that like gets like maybe that gets themselves killed, you know, like um, and, uh, you know, before the before they experience that version of their death, you know, it's been altered by the other one. Mantic. That is also extremely spicy. God, I'm getting I'm going to need to put up with more of this time loop bullet just to figure out which one it is, is it, aren't I? <laughs> and honestly, and honestly, the other sort of plot prediction is. Akun's Akun's scene in the present timeline gives me hardcore spy thriller vibes. Yeah, to some extent, I read Cowardice because, you know, I don't think he was lying about, like, hating being a part, like, hating being complicit in all the horrible things that happened. But, like, I also feel like, you know, there was, like, a gun to the head of somebody, you know, maybe Hanagaki... Maybe, maybe um, Akun, uh, you know, maybe someone else entirely. And uh, Akun 
knew something like like someone who like has some like science fiction science machine in a basement that's sending people back in time you know that you know like i mean heck maybe naoto built it and he's been lying about all of it like like uh i feel like i i i don't know what the the key is like i don't i don't think we have enough information yet but i feel like there is some kind of puppet master that is facilitating a lot of these coincidences and manipulating the situation from behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But there mm-hmm. is a plan B in case he can't save Hanada with stopping the big gang war. And what that is, is on January 3rd, 2009, he is going to buy effectively $1,000 worth of a new cryptocurrency called Bitcoin. <laughs> He is then going to hold on to it for four years until it is valued at $250 a share, at which point his $1,000 will then be worth $312,000, which a small chunk of that could easily be used to buy an all-expenses-played trip to Hawaii for one Hanada. And it just so happens it's on the week she would have died. Problem solved. So would you continue reading, gang? <laughs> uh, that, that is a powerful theory as well. Honestly, more people should use time travel in their stories to just cheat at the lottery. <laughs> but yes, um, as I mentioned earlier, the thing with Akun put me off for personal reasons, but uh, I think ultimately I would continue reading because now I'm just invested in figuring out what the stupid time loop is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to know or else it's going to keep me awake at night for like months trying to parse it out. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I feel obligated to by my neuroses, but I will continue reading. Yeah. Uh, Matt, how about you? Um, you know what? Go where it is currently. It's a solid baby for me. Um, it's all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, Jay, how about you? I definitely intend to continue reading. As some of my colleagues already know, I did have difficulty uh, stopping at our current stopping point because it is a very readable manga. Um, And I don't like cliffhangers. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Hell yeah. And you, Jacob. Uh, So, funny thing is, I I, I was going to mention this at the top of the show, but now is as good a time as any. Uh, I started reading and saw that the first chapter was uh, uh, some 60-odd pages, and that the second chapter was some 40-odd pages, and I'm like, I'm never going to finish this in time. Then you get past that point, and it's regular shonen chapter length, and boy, does it have a snappy pace. So mm-hmm. that's really cool. Uh, it, it doesn't take a lot of time investment to chip away at yet another chapter, uh, which is important for the slow, le- slow reader that I am. Uh, after that, let's go down the list. We've got amazing characters, the Terminator protagonist, really cool female lead, uh, uh, really cool in general supporting characters, a uh, spy thrillery vibe for a lot of the uh, stuff, a lot of mysteries to untangle that... Um, feel intentionally placed there for the audience to speculate on because not all the information's being given uh and uh uh just uh an overall uh interesting uh plot gimmick that has a lot of potential for uh story moving forward yeah i'm gonna continue reading this is one of the favorite one of my most favorite things that we've uh, done on the podcast and i wish i knew about it sooner all righty (laughs) then well 
Uh, with that, uh, thank you everyone once again for tuning in to the Over Manga Cast. As always, you can find us on all of your social medias where we are at Over Manga Cast, uh, whichever social medias continue to survive in our current day and age. Uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll have to uh, go on an extra time loop to make sure that all of our, the socials are still up. You heard it here, folks. Jacob would go back in time to save Twitter. Oh God, what have I done? <laughs> this is the butterfly effect. No. <laughs> You can also find us on YouTube, where we are over MangaCast. The episodes go up there on a two-week delay, but make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Get us that good, good engagement. And uh, uh, leave comments there to let us know what you thought of the episode or what we should read. Speaking of engagement, we appreciate reviews in any and all forums on any podcatcher of your choice. Uh, you can reach out to us on OverMangaCast.com, uh, where there is a form to fill out to send us an email directly. Or, hey, if you want to email us the old-fashioned way, overmongacast at gmail.com both ex excellent ways to get in contact with us or give us a recommendation for something you'd like us to read and join us next thursday when we are going to be reading the hunter's guild red hood why am i not giving a specific chapter length because it was tragically cut short so we are going to honor the fallen with this reading delightful so if you're keeping up with the show make sure to read that and we will catch you all next week good night everybody good night Good night, everybody. <sighs> okay, I am being required to say the Overmanga cast does not endorse any form of cryptocurrency or NFT. I guess this needs to be explicitly stated because it isn't clear when I'm being facetious. What a world we live in. You're not going to believe how many time loops it took to get that, uh, to get that disclaimer. <laughs> and now I'll never admit I'm wrong ever again. <laughs> I, I hope you're glad you wasted it on this. <laughs>